Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is Mosiah chapter 12. So let's get into this one. This is a good one. I guess they're all good ones, aren't they? Verse 1, And it came to pass that after the space of two years that Abinadi came among them in disguise. So what kind of a disguise do you think uh, that, that Abinadi has here? And why would he wear a disguise? He disguised himself so he could get far enough into the city to be captured and sent to King Noah. If not in disguise, the people may have killed him before he had the opportunity to preach to the king and the priests and to Alma in particular. This story of Abinadi is more of a story of Alma and his conversion. Again, we know that Abinadi is a type of Christ, so pay attention to that as we get into this in the next few chapters. Thus had the Lord commanded me, saying, Abinadi... Oh, wait a minute. And that uh, they knew him not and began to began to prophesy among them, saying, Thus far, thus has the Lord commanded me, saying, I probably should start this over, huh? Let's start with verse 1 again. I didn't do that very well. Okay. And it came to pass that after the space of two years, that Abinadi came among them in disguise, that they knew him not and began to prophesy among them, saying, Thus has the Lord commanded me, saying, Abinadi, go and prophesy unto this, thy, in, unto this my people, for they have hardened their hearts against my words. They have repented not of their evil doings. Therefore, I will visit them. Notice that it's not a conditional prophecy anymore. This is going to happen. I will visit them in my anger. Yea, in my fierce anger will I visit them. Uh, his first mission was to give if prophecies. Now he gives will prophecies. The things he prophesies will happen. They are no longer conditional. They are enough differences in the account of what he said that these words must have been what some people remembered that he had said as reported to King Noah. Mormon's source for the abridgment was the official record of the king. Uh, the kings also kept separate records, um, like we know from uh, King Zenith, uh, that he kept a record. So this record is going to be kept by the, by the people of King Noah. Verse 2, Yea, woe be unto this generation. And the Lord said unto me, Stretch forth thy hand and prophesy, saying, Thus saith the Lord, It shall come to pass that this generation, because of their iniquities, shall be brought into bondage, and shall be smitten on the cheek, and yea, and shall be driven by men, and shall be slain. And the vultures of the air, and the dogs, yea, and the wild beasts, shall devour their flesh. And it shall come to pass that the life of King Noah shall be valued even as a garment in a hot furnace, for he shall know that I am the Lord. These prophecies are going to be fulfilled in Moses chapter 19, or Mosiah chapter 19. Verse 4, and it, came, and it shall come to pass that I, shall, that I will smite this my people with sore afflictions, yea, with famine and with pestilence, and I will cause that they shall howl all the day long. Yea, and I will cause that they shall have burdens lashed upon their backs, and they shall be driven before like a dumb ass, and it shall come to pass that I will send them forth, that I will send forth hail among them, and it shall smite them, and they shall be smitten with the east wind. Remember, the east wind is the wind of destruction. And insects shall pester their land also and devour their grain, and they shall be smitten with a great pestilence, and all this will I do because of their iniquities and abominations. And it shall come to pass that except they repent, I will utterly destroy them from 
from off the face of the land, of the earth, yet they shall leave a record behind them, and I will preserve them for other nations which shall possess the land. Yea, even this will I do, that I may discover the abominations of this people to other nations. In other words, the records are going to be kept of their abominations so that everybody else can know about it so that they don't repeat it. And many things did Abinadi prophesy against this people. Um, the calamities that are to come upon these people will be used as an example to other nations of, of what non-repentance will do to a people. Verse 9, And it came to pass that they were angry with him. Seems like anger seems to get us into trouble. I think anger causes stupidity. That's just my opinion. And they took him and carried him before, bound before the king and said unto the king, Behold, we have brought a man before thee who has prophesied evil concerning thy people and saith that God will destroy them. And he also prophesieth evil concerning thy life and saith that thy life shall be as a garment in a, hot, in a furnace of fire. And again he saith that thou shalt be as a stock, even as a dry stock of the field, which is run over by the beasts and trodden underfoot. Notice this was not uh, mentioned in the first part of the chapter. So this must have been what's uh, being reported to the king. So Abinadi must have said these things too. Verse 12, And again he saith, Thou shalt be as the blossoms of a thistle, which when it is fully ripe, if the wind bloweth, it is driven forth upon the face of the land. And he pretendeth, The Lord hath spoken it. And he saith, All this shall come upon thee, except thou repent, and this because of thine iniquities. And now, O king, what great evil hast thou done? Those in authority have a responsibility to be a good example to others. Or what great sins have thy people committed that we should be condemned of God or judged of this man? And now, O king, behold, we are guiltless, and, that, and thou, O king, hast not sinned. Therefore, this man has lied concerning you, and he has prophesied in vain. And behold, we are strong. Being strong does not mean you are good. The U.S. is strong, but must remain good to be preserved by the Lord. Uh, continuing verse 15, we shall not come into bondage or be taken captive by our enemies. Yea, and thou also, and thou hast prospered in the land, and thou, and thou shalt also prosper. Behold, here is the man. We deliver him into thy hands. Thou mayest do with him as seemeth thee good. And it came to pass that King Noah caused that Abinadi should be cast into prison. And he commanded that the priests should gather themselves together that he might hold a council with them what he should do with them. And it came to pass that they said unto the king, Bring him hither that we may, that we may question him. And the king commanded that he should be brought before them. And they began to question him that they might cross him, that thereby they might have they might have wherewith to <clears throat> to accuse him. But he answered them boldly and withstood all their questions, yea, to their astonishment, for he did withstand them in all their questions and did confound them in all their words. In the hopes of ensuring Abinadi, one of King Noah's priests, quoted what we know in, as Isaiah 52, 7-10 and asked what it meant. It is as though the priest had asked, why is it that you bring a message of gloom, a message of rebuke, given that Isaiah taught that the servants of the Lord would bring glad tidings. Abinadi's explanation of these verses comes at the end of Mosiah 15. Before giving that response, however, he quotes from what we know as Isaiah 53 in bearing testimony of Jesus the Messiah. And that's from the doctrinal commentary of the Book of Mormon. Verse 20, And it came to pass that one of them said unto him, What meaneth the words which are written, and which have been taught by our fathers, saying, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. 
Abinadi has been prophesying gloom, so this is why they're asking this question. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together shall they sing, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord hath comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Since they are able to quote Isaiah, it is apparent that they had a copy of the brass plates, but not the original. Mosiah kept the original brass plates. Maybe they had parchments that had selected scriptures. And now Abinadi said unto them, Are you priests and pretend to teach this people? This is basic stuff. You should know this. And to understand the spirit of prophesying and yet desire to know of, the, of what things these mean, of what these things mean, the priests were supposed to protect their people, but failed in their stewardship. He's first going to teach them, and then he'll answer their question. So the next few verses and chapters, he doesn't even answer their question for quite a while, because he has to teach them first. Verse 26, I say unto you, woe be unto you for, per per for perverting the ways of the Lord. For if ye understand these things, ye have not taught them. Therefore, ye have perverted the ways of the Lord. Ye have not applied your hearts to understanding. Therefore, ye have not been wise. Therefore, what teach ye this people? And they said, We teach the law of Moses. And again he said unto them, If ye teach the law of Moses, why do ye not keep it? Why do ye set your hearts upon riches? It's not that riches are bad, but when they divide people into classes of rich and poor, then it is bad. If we are not using our riches to bless others, we are not using it correctly. Why do you commit whoredoms and, and spend your strength with harlots, yea, and cause this people to commit sin that the Lord has caused to send me to prophesy against this people, yea, even a great evil against this people? The Nephites lived the law of Moses in the sense that they obeyed the endless ethical laws and abided by the myriad moral restrictions. They observed the law of animal sacrifice, but theirs was not a Levitical lifestyle. They had the higher, the higher priesthood and the everlasting gospel. Their vision was more keen than that of the Old Testament kinsmen. They were able to recognize the person and powers and religion of Christ the Lord behind the ritual of the preparatory gospel. We note with interest that Abinadi did not ask the priests of Noah, why have ye not lived the laws of purification? Why have ye not adhered to the intricacies of the dietary code? Why have ye not held the uh, appointed feasts and festivals? Rather, Abinadi's concerns were with morality and decency, with the building, with the proper handling of riches and, or, as temporal resources, with obedience to the commandments given to Moses on Sinai. Verse 30, Know ye not that I speak the truth? Yea, ye know that I speak the truth, and you ought to tremble before God. They knew that what they were doing was wrong, and it shall come to pass that ye shall be smitten for your iniquities. For ye have said that ye teach the law of Moses, and what know ye concerning the law of Moses? Doth salvation come by the law of Moses? What say ye? So now he's a asking them a question uh, to see what they know. And they answered and said that salvation did come by the law of Moses. Their answer shows the extent of their apostasy. They do not acknowledge that the atonement of Christ is the source of salvation. But now Abinadi said unto them, If I know if ye keep the commandments of God, ye shall be saved. Yea, if ye keep the commandments which the Lord delivered unto Moses in the Mount of Sinai, saying, I am the Lord thy God, who hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, now he's going to begin to teach them the Ten Commandments. Uh, verse, thir uh, verse 36. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything in heaven above or things which are in the earth beneath. Now Benedi said unto them, Have ye done all this? I say unto you, Nay, ye have not. And have ye taught this people that they should do all these things? I say unto you, Nay, ye have not. In the 1830 edition, there was no chapter break. This goes on to the next chapter. 
should be read in conjunction with this chapter. Abinadi accuses Noah and his priests of blasphemy. So that even though our chapter ends here, the original first edition of the Book of Mormon did not end here, that, that it's continuous. I bear testimony of the truth of Abinadi's words here, that as we try to keep the commandments, um, that we, we can follow in the Lord's footsteps and, and uh, be where we need to be and, and uh, not be like the people of, of King Noah. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.